Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sports book, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOFD, you'll be all set when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams in all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOFD. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 or older and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio. one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Winning comes in all shapes and sizes. Every day there's an opportunity for a win, just like scratchers from the Virginia Lottery. Every day grab-and-go. Every day giftable. Every day fun. It's where anticipation meets instant gratification. And they're satisfying to scratch no matter the outcome. Like the new Virginia Lottery scratcher Colossal Cash. It's loaded with $100 to $500 prizes. Now, that's an everyday win. Drive to the nearest Virginia Lottery retail location and pick up a scratcher today. Odds of winning any prize, 1 in 3.21. Introducing the Lowe's List for Innovation. While our aisles are filled with innovative products, we've selected our favorites just for you. Like the exclusive Whirlpool washer with industry-first 2-in-1 removable agitator. We love this washer because you can customize any load. And with other smart features to streamline your laundry routine, this product is a must-have for families. Shop the full Lowe's list of top picks at Lowe's.com. Lowe's, home to any budget, home to any possibility. U.S. only. It's a, another film study, a weird one, because this entire week has been weird. Kim McCusick, how was your Thanksgiving? 
Let's go, Josh. Uh, Two-person Thanksgiving here. We, we uh, had some exactly what we wanted to eat. We didn't have to eat 13 different things that we hated seven of them. So, uh, so that was good. All right. Yeah, I smoked a nice ham out on the grill for myself because the rest of my family doesn't eat meat. So it was wow. a nice small Thanksgiving here in Florida as well with uh, like 88 degree weather. So that part was nice. Except for so, the 88 degree weather. That's way too hot. I know. For, even for summer. I mean, today I think was the coldest day since I've been in Florida. It was like low 40s when I left my house this morning. Wow. So I was surprised by that. Went back inside and got a jacket. But uh, joining us is Alec. Alec, how you doing? Oh, doing well. Thanks for having me. All right. That's... All right, guys. Really weird week of Ravens football. This is what the fourth time the game's been rescheduled. Let's see. Yeah, it went from Thursday to Sunday to Tuesday to Wednesday, right? Three times? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Yep. So it's a, it's been weird. It's been a, a – we did our Steelers preview a, a week ago. We were talking about a totally different game at that time. Yes. Exactly, <laughs> which is why we have to get this episode in. So you have something to listen to because as we're – all right, let me start. We're recording this on Tuesday at 6 o'clock in case anything changes between now and tomorrow. <laughs> and what could, Josh? Well, what could is uh, the COVID list. I guess Ingram and Dobbins are scheduled that they can come off that list tomorrow because the 10 days have passed since they went on the list. Um, and the way it works is the NFL has informed both teams that the deadline to submit player transactions prior to the game is 1230 tomorrow, which means there's a chance these guys could play. Even more, it means more last-minute practice moves, guy moves will happen tomorrow would be my assumption right that there'll be lots of practice squad elevations tomorrow so <laughs> that's certainly going to happen right but good news is the reports that are coming out just a few minutes ago is that there were no new covid positives today for the ravens and they're on their way to pittsburgh that is some absolutely great news that there's been no new covid things and we, you know alec we've talked a little bit about this but i can't stand treating these football players like their APA cards or, you know, some set of tabletop football cards of some sort. These are real human beings. They have real fears about being around COVID. So do the Steelers players for that matter. And, and, you know, we heard rumors of players, you know, refusing to play the game potentially. Yeah. Uh, And every day that this game could be deferred really matters in terms of just their own peace of mind. Yeah, in the Ravens recap chat, one of the biggest things that kind of hit us was when Calais Campbell was announced um, because we know that he was really adamant about mm-hmm. the protocols and was taking it seriously. And uh, and then you had Mark Andrews, you know, everyone knows, diabetic, and uh, also was talking about um, his concerns with, with COVID. And you just have to remember that, yeah, these are, these are real human beings that um, – are going through a pandemic like this. This is a very interesting virus, right? The way it spreads, um, and I, I also like personally don't appreciate the uh, insinuation that Ravens were particularly, um, I guess, bad about this. I think it's clear that there were some um, guidelines that weren't followed, but I am under the suspicion personally that this can happen to any team, and we'll see more of it this year. Unfortunately. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised either. We're kind of already seeing some of this with the 49ers moving, yep. the Broncos down to a wide receiver, practice squad wide receiver at quarterback at that. Uh, just some weird, weird things happening in the NFL this year, and, and it's uh, survival. Whoever can you know outlast a, the war of attrition with everybody else to, to get to the finish line here. Ken, why – well, 
thankfully the Ravens are the NFL's favorite team, so they <laughs> gave them all this leeway to push this game back and everything. Mm-hmm. Steelers but, fans out there listening already know this fact, but uh, but yeah. Yes, yeah, because as Ravens are starting to become like the hated team <laughs> out, mm-hmm. from outside organizations. But um, why is the NFL so opposed to a Week 18? You know, I can't come up with a reason why other than they've been advised, generally speaking, that nothing in terms of taking a gap is really going to help to have the virus abate, generally speaking, across the league, that there will still be surges. And you have to, you have to you know, work your way through this as, as horrible as it may be. You know, it's nice. It creates some opportunity on one side. There's a bunch of practice squad players saying, yeah, let me in an NFL game. This is a great opportunity to, to, to get a chance to, for some real playing time. And then there's a bunch of players who have real serious health concerns. Offensive linemen and defensive linemen, uh, you know, both tend to have some of the comorbidities for for COVID that you hate to see people armchairing from in front of their 75-inch TV screen and talking about how, why can't they just get out there and play? Or why won't the NFL just make the Ravens get out there and play? Sure. Sure. Yeah, no, it's definitely a odd time. And I mean... That's what the NFL did. They made the Broncos go out and play mm-hmm. with just a few guys down. All right, before you guys really dig into this game and the COVID impacts, I guess, specifically to this game as far as players and what to expect, want to remind everyone about MyBookie because MyBookie is still uh, sponsoring film study. So you can head on over there. Hopefully you hopped on board with the Thanksgiving, Cyber Monday, all the stuff they were doing this past week. But they still have a deal out there. If you use the code RAVENS, for your first deposit, then they will match your deposit 50%. So if you deposit $1,000, they'll give you 500 free to play with. So go check that out. Use the code RAVENS over at MyBookie. All right, Alec, uh, great to talk to you about this. And, and uh, let's, let's jump right into the depth chart here because as much as we don't want to treat players like tabletop <laughs> football, we need to really understand what's going on in this game tomorrow. Just take a look at it. That's what really everybody wants to know is just who's going to play after all this. Mm-hmm. So I thought we'd, we'd go through and we'd take a ch- go chance position by position group and take our best guess at who will be active for this game. I know we have some, some discrepancies here, so let's just start at the quarterback position. Um, I think that's the easiest one in a lot of ways. Actually, maybe not completely easy. It's a place where Trace McSorley just off the COVID list probably would be my guess would be the backup quarterback over Huntley. RG3 obviously going to start. Yeah, that's what I had. Um, obviously, yesterday we weren't so sure about Trace, so I had Tyler Huntley in my dock, but it's going to be one of those two, and I think if Trace is available and it sounds like he is, he'll go. All right. Running back, an interesting situation because Ingram and Dobbins, the timing worked out such that they could be activated tomorrow for the game. The Ravens have Edwards and Hill active, and they're certain to, to start, or not start, but they're certain to play. And I think that Ty Williams from the practice squad is another possibility, Tyson Williams, who might be up for the game, uh, assuming the Ravens, for health reasons, strength and conditioning reasons, recovery reasons, whatever, do not want to activate Dobbins and Ingram. Correct. Yeah, I think it's so incredibly odd that this saga has started with uh, – JK and Mark being unavailable and then ending with them being available. Um, it's, I think, the biggest monkey wrench in the whole thing because when we first heard about the breakout um, and it was those two guys, it was the one position group on the Ravens where I said, 
that's fine. We saw this last year, actually, uh, the notion of Gus Bus and Justice Hill leading against the Steelers and doing good work. And um, I think I had confidence in those two to get the job done. And then uh, many more <laughs> hit, right? Um, so that I think that's just like the most interesting part is that this group seems to be potentially full after being the starters of all this mess. Yeah. Uh, odd situation. I, I'm, my guess would be that they'll go with three running backs. And if I had to guess, I would say that Mark Ingram may sit. Now, yes. Mark Ingram it would be the best at understanding what's going on, but he also, at age 30 coming back, it might be a little harder and a little more atrophy. Uh, so so there's, there would really be questions. I don't think they can do without Justice Hill, by the way, on special teams. I think he's yes. too valuable to them there. Edwards, obviously, is going to be their lead back. So the question is, which one of Dobbins and, and Ingram do you want? At this point, Ingram hasn't played that well. I'm not sure how much of an issue that really is, but I just think Dobbins brings more to the table than, than Ingram at this exact point. Yeah, I was going to bring the same point up. Um, even before a COVID hit, there was chatter of maybe Ingram being the guy that gets deactivated because Justice Hill, I mean, if you've been watching even the last few weeks, you've been seeing him soaring down the field in special teams and, and creating tackles and uh, just being a difference maker. So I agree. I think at this point, um, as sad as it is to say, Ingram might be the most expendable in this group. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because Harrison, um, Levine, uh, Duvernay, and and Hill, there's really been a changing of the guard of the top special teams players other than Levine. Levine is still the captain, but the, but the other guys, I mean, they're all new. It's not Chris Moore anymore. It's not Scoop and Score Moore. It's... Uh, you know, it's these younger guys who a couple of great gunners on the Ravens. They actually can field three who are who are outstanding. Yep. All right, let's move on to the offensive line. In a way, this is the easiest to decide. In another very important way, it's going to be one of the hardest to decide who's actually going to start in this game. And I think some very interesting things. So I'll go through the list of eight offensive linemen who are not on the COVID list right now, including the practice squad. The Ravens have to field all eight by NFL rules in order to get the 48th roster spot. So I think it's a 100% chance they will use them all. They are Orlando Brown and DJ Fluker, who I expect will be at tackle. Uh, Tristan Colon Castillo, Bredesen, Powers, Phillips, just came off IR, Bozeman, and Prince. So that gives them six interior offensive linemen. I actually think Phillips may not start this game because he might be the best choice to be a backup tackle among this group yep uh that's exactly what i had and and in fact again um, when i originally made these notes flukero had not been uh elevated so i was assuming that he'd be the tackle right so i think now given the fact that fluker is available um phillips will take that backup role uh gives him a little bit more time to i guess heal right um see if he's actually a full strength etc because if anybody he probably has the the least conditioning right now um, not just because of COVID, but because of the injury. Yeah. So I think he makes a lot of sense as the backup in this situation. Uh, give Fluker another shot. And um, I'm actually, like you said, this is a great opportunity to see some Brennan's in action, more powers action. Um, so I'm actually pretty excited about that. So we're, I think we're, we're in agreement then that OBJ and Fluker will be the starting tackles. So how do you think they'll line up on the inside? I'm going to let you go first, then I'll, then I'll hop in. Yeah, I think this is interesting because... Um, I'm going to go with the idea that they don't want to move people. So I'm going to go Bozeman at left guard, uh, Bredesen at center, and then Powers at right guard. Okay. I, I think that is the most likely. I agree. So Bredesen getting that first shot at center. 
it shouldn't be that much of a jump for him. I don't know how much snapping he's done. The only thing they may like, they may like Cologne Castillo better in terms of shotgun snaps. If they do, then I think they'll let that decide it. I don't think it it has to be otherwise. Bredesen's played a lot of sixth offensive line for the Ravens. He'd be fine in that role too, by the way. So either way, he's going to play some. But I agree that I think Powers is the starting right guard. I think he's done well enough there. Penalties really are the only problem. Uh, I don't think you have a power run game anymore if you take Bozeman out of left guard. It's just too difficult. I mean, other players can do it, obviously, but but Powers is is someone who's very assimilated to making those left-to-right pulls, and I think that's going to have to be a pretty big part of the game plan tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, I agree. All right, so we got a lock of eight players on the offensive line. We think we know who they are. Uh, let's go back to tight end now for a second. Uh, they have zero of their tight ends, including the fullback, Patrick Ricard, Mark Andrews, yes. uh, Boyle obviously out, and who am, I, who am I forgetting? The other tight end, uh, uh, Boyle, Andrews, Ricard. No, that's, those that's, are it, that's it, yeah. That's okay. Mm-hmm. And so they had Wilson active last week on his first call-up or, or a COVID call-up. I forget which it was. I think it was actually his first call-up. Yeah. So this will be his, this will be a COVID call-up for him, I assume. So he'll still retain one call-up, along with Sean Culkin, and Eric Tomlinson. So we're going to have some names people haven't seen before at tight end in the game. Yeah, so uh, it's funny. Again, when we recorded, similar to you, we were talking about a whole different ball game, and uh, Peter's bold prediction was Luke Wilson will score his touchdown, with, like first touchdown with the Ravens. And now it's not even like quite as bold, maybe. Uh, you know, there's a lot of other things that are going to slow down us even getting a touchdown. Um, yes. <laughs> so we'll see. But I think... To go back to your previous point about the power running game, I am extremely concerned about the Ravens trying to run their typical scheme without Ricard and obviously without Boyle and without without Jackson. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Without Jackson. Sure, yeah. So, like, it's – I just – I hope this is an opportunity for them to use their wide receivers, pass the ball more, and get out of this uh, run on first and second down – parade that they've been doing I, I i think that all the excuses are gone now like they they have to change their offense they don't have the personnel that they're used to um and i'm actually again that's another thing i'm excited about because you could if you see these guys the, the quote-unquote backups uh performing that kind of uh, scheme well against a great um great defense in the steelers uh that could be you know some, something to consider going forward I, I'm sure there there is a possibility of this. I think the the counter argument to that is the Ravens cannot afford to be only on the field for a minute at a time. So they can't it can't go out there and you know this defensive line is thoroughly decimated. The Steelers are already going to try and lean on it like nobody's ever leaned on a on an opposing defensive line. And I think you I don't think you can go out and play no huddle. I don't think you can go out and try and play a really fast pace offense where you want to pass on first down, say seventy five percent of the time instead of forty percent of the time, you know kind of thing. I, I think you know uh, there's a limit to how aggressive they can get, although I agree through the air is probably their better chance to uh, to score some points in this game. That's a very good point. The good counterbalance, uh, the defensive status does imp- um, impact their offensive plans. Yeah, goes both ways all the time. But you know, a good offense makes a defense look great, and a, and a a bad offense <laughs> can can really make a defense look terrible. Nineteen ninety six Ravens had one of the great no huddle teams in team history. They were unbelievable. Moved up and down the field pretty much at will, mm. but they just couldn't afford to do it because even as a great no huddle team in that era, you know, they were a two point something point per drive team, not like three point oh eight from the Ravens last year. 
and that made it uh, too much of a gamble to put the defense back on the field when the defense was terrible, just mm-hmm. awful. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, wide receiver. We didn't actually talk about the players. Boykin, Brown, Bryant, Duvernay, and Prochet. I believe those are the five that will be active. They have Jalen Moore on the practice squad. I don't think he gets a jersey tomorrow. Yeah, correct. That that feels like uh, the one uh, least impacted group uh, other than Sneed, uh, which is ironic because he's like the guy catching at everything. Uh, so he, he has to be the one catching the bug, right? Um, but yeah, the uh, the wide receiver group, relatively normal. You know, a lot of good opportunity here. I think we'll see what the connection is between RG3 and Bryant. We have in the past seen a connection between Boykin and RG3 on some long balls, and I'd like to see some more of that. I'd like to see Boykin finally get back into the offense this week. It'd be a big move, and with Snead not there, they really need him to do some things. Um, Duvernay, Prochet, I mean, you got five guys who could definitely rotate for fresh legs against this Pittsburgh defense, and I think it would actually be a really good time to try that. Now, they're going to want Boykin in there a lot because he's the good run blocker, but you also have to get these other guys moved in. I guess you saw Prochet had his first catch in the last game. Oh, and it was a beautiful round on third down. Yep. It was uh, fantastic. Everything about it was a thumbs up, and uh, excited to see him, Duvernay, and Boykin really get more opportunity. Um, and I, I hope, you know, we talked about the first time they played the Steelers. It's going to be obviously different without Lamar passing the ball. But it's an opportunity, too, for Marquise Brown to um, demonstrate his abilities and get open down the field because that's, uh, that's actually one of the weaknesses of this defense. Right. So they've had, they've, they definitely have it's, – it's not a zero opportunity game. The Pittsburgh is not, is not without a couple of COVID players. And the most significant one was one who destroyed the Ravens last time around, Stephon Tewitt. Uh, who arguably is their best defensive player. You, I, I think probably T.J. Watt gets the nod, but, but Tewitt is a fantastic defensive player and obviously is uh, you know, a guy they, would, they will really miss this week. All right, so I think we've, we've taken care of the offense there. We think we know who's going on. Let's talk scheme a little bit. So what are you expecting the Ravens to do in terms of lining up? They've got no fullback. So they'd have to use Wilson as a fullback, perhaps. I don't know what these other two tight ends give you in terms of blocking ability really just don't know yeah i don't i don't foresee much fullback action personally um i'm anticipating a good bit of 11 personnel and uh obviously that's kind of a deviation for the ravens but i i just think with this personnel i i don't i don't foresee leaning on a guy getting called up for the first time in that kind of role um happening personally Okay, so I'll, I'll make you a little bet on this one. I, I think there will be a fair amount of 11 personnel because there always is in any NFL game. And particularly yeah. if they get behind, they're going to have to go to more 11 and, and just you know open it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. But what I think will happen, at least in the first half, is we're going to see a lot of six offensive linemen. So with a tight end, so that'll be 12 personnel. Mm. And with two wide receivers, I think we'll see that as a fairly regular set. And the Ravens will really try and lean on the Steelers a little bit and see if they can move the ball that way. If that way doesn't work, then they'll move on. But last time, they ran for 265 yards against the Steelers. I think one of their best hopes to pass the ball is to go to some of the max protection concepts we've seen the last two weeks. Five times in the last game, they used two eligible receivers as set blockers. Hmm. So uh, I think mm-hmm. we'll see more of that. I think there's, there's with Lamar in particular, his ability to extend plays, and RG3 is like a Lamar Jr., in ter- except he's senior, <laughs> yeah. in terms of his ability <laughs> sure. to extend plays. <laughs> You know, you, you have a you have an opportunity to have a leaky player late 
you know, so your tight end can mm-hmm. leave late. Your offensive line probably is not going to cast a ball, but good chance for some max protect. That's actually a really good point. Um, I, I hadn't really considered just using a uh, a six offensive lineman in that in that role, and um, I think it's a it's a very good opportunity and and, and possibility. And honestly, um, with the kind of wide receivers the Ravens have, I think that they could still generate opportunity in those scenarios. So it could work out. Yeah, I, I agree. It's going to be a little different this game because the Ravens won't get the kind of automatic zone coverage most downs against Lam- that Lamar Jackson draws. His yes. gravitational pull. So so if they're going to play a lot, if the Steelers are willing to play man and have, you know, a cover two or whatever, you know, RG3 is just not the same threat to run, but he's some threat. And mm-hmm. and hopefully they'll, they'll be able to create opportunities. When you play zone defense and you only have two or three wide receivers, you can still generate opportunities in the pattern. You don't, it's, it, you're just finding an open spot in a zone, but people still have to stay with their assignments. So, uh, I, I think there's a uh, if if they if they sense if they if they feel like the Steelers are playing a lot of zone defense there they certainly will try and take advantage of that with fewer men in the route. I think one thing that really hurts them with the lack of practice is kind of getting that timing and that feel down oh, with yeah. leaking out the uh, blocker right because I could see if you just if they had that rapport those plays can work so beautifully. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's going to be one thing to look out for and see how well they're able to execute that without practice. Yeah, tight ends really, they grow up doing this the whole time. So it's not, it's not like that's going to be that hard. I think actually play action could be very effective in this game because Steelers certainly should be expecting the Ravens to try and run the football. That's mm-hmm. their strength in this game in terms of what they can what they can do. So it, this may be a game, you know, without Bush in the middle, uh, that play action could work. Of course, Spillane took a pick six to the house in the last game on Prochet's first target. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's flip over the defensive side because sure. we got a lot to talk about. On the defensive line, this is the big weakness. Brandon Williams activated off the COVID list. He still, as far as I know, is hurt. I don't expect him to play in this game. And that leaves the Ravens with only four players even available. Wolf, Ellis, and Washington. By the way, Broderick Washington. Boy, is that a big deal. He could be the biggest... Biggest news of the last couple of days was him being active and providing that extra defensive lineman where they might have only had three. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it looks so dire at one point. And obviously, um, we'll get to it soon, but the uh, outside linebackers weren't much better. So you were like, oh, wow. Like, the people who usually have their hand in the ground are just not around. <laughs> they don't exist. And uh, because of COVID rules, you know, you can't just add somebody off the – you can you know, you can't call up um, – uh, what's his name? Uh, the guy with the P uh, – last name from last year uh pecco Pecco, yeah yeah (laughs) yeah just call pecco up right like he's not available uh you can't do any of that um looks like uh aaron crawford is the guy they could call up yeah and uh i I believe they will right obviously because they just need they need humans right so uh the defensive line is absolutely decimated this game um and is a huge concern i guess like the only silver lining you could possibly have is that uh connor won't be in so their top running back won't be available, but uh, we've seen Snell and we've seen um, now blanking again. You know, there, uh, uh, for, uh, Jalen Samuels, uh, uh, Samuels, um, and also um, Mc, uh, McFad- McFadden. No, sorry, yes. yeah, yeah, McFarland. Yes, McFarlane. yeah, McFarland uh, being available and, um, and and being able to create. I think against this defensive line, <laughs> they'll they'll be able to. I, it's going to be critical for the inside linebackers to play their role perfectly. 
Yeah, I, I agree. This is a game, and and I think that Fort will be back for this game. I don't see any reason why mm-hmm. he wouldn't yes. at, at present. So, and him, he'll be the glue. I think we'll get a good sense of what he can do down the stretch. But he'll he needs to be the glue to make make sure that Harrison and Queen are both in the right spot. Queen is a is a guy. I mean, the Ravens are limited in terms of their playmakers near the line of scrimmage, and he needs to have the game of of his season so far. Really reemerge, I think. Uh, he could reemerge as a defensive rookie of the year candidate if he if he would have a big game against the Steelers here, but uh, he needs to he needs to play and he hasn't played well the last few weeks honestly as a tackler certainly has not played well in coverage he needs to he needs to show up and maybe with Fort's help be a little bit better positioned than he has been recently. I agree. I think his downward play has a lot to do with Fort not being on the field. Um, he's I think he's leans on him uh, leans on him a lot. Yeah. You definitely see a lot of after-the-play gesticulation between those two where Fort says, you should have been over here or whatever, and then <laughs> yeah. kind of gives him a low five and whatnot. I mean, he tries to be low-key about it, but you know what? There's no hiding it. Players need to be able to communicate with each other on where things should have been or how things should have And, you know, it's just Harbaugh can tell him not to do it, which he probably has since, you know, we've been discussing it. But uh, it's the kind of thing that, that it it's it's normal team accountability and it's something that, that the players need to be able to communicate with each other on the field and, and do it their way. Yeah, I think it helps. Uh, I, I'm i personally for the on-the-field coaching and <laughs> you know, corrections. I mean, but yeah, on-the-field yeah. corrections is really what it is. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, um, you know, that said, they've they've gone after Queen a lot. They've gone after Harrison a lot. They've, they've gone after both of them with play action. They've gone after Queen and Mann. Uh, they've been very successful, certainly get away with that. Fort ought to provide them a little bit more coverage ability. Board had been the guy they've been relying on. I don't think he's going to be the guy anymore as the kind of the dime, proxy dime safety, I've been calling it. Right. Uh, I, I, I will see, but, but, I, but maybe for this game, just because they want to get through it. But I, I, I imagine that Board is going to have a reduced role going forward with Fort back, uh, assuming Harrison and Queen are, are healthy. Yeah, I agree. I think he's the guy to make the most sense there. Okay, we had Christian Welch. I also have active five ILBs for this game because I think they need him for special teams, and and that's really what they got him for initially. I don't think... I have to look back to see if he's played a defensive snap yet, but I don't believe he has. So he's been active several times. He might have played one, but yeah, very insignificant number. It's been special teams where he's contributed. Mm -hmm. All right, outside linebacker, we didn't really talk. We brushed by it here, but... Uh, the Ravens, obviously, with good news that Ferguson, who is a close contact, will be back. He's very important in a lot of ways. First of all, I think he has to be the guy who plays the edge-setting role in this game because their other players, Ngakwe and Bowser, are pass-down specialists. So we're not going to want to have either of those guys really in there and running downs. And that's one question that comes up is Chauncey Rivers. He's a little bit bigger than the other guys. Is he a guy who sets the edge particularly well? And I really don't know enough about him from college to, to make a comment about this, but it seems like he's the more likely uh, to be in there on some rundowns. I think he'll be active for the game uh, as the fourth outside linebacker. Yeah, I remember um, in the preseason hearing the most about Chauncey Rivers and not Aaron Adoye. And I, but then, then, like you said, I don't remember hearing if he was an edge setter, right? Um, Ferguson being available all of a sudden, you know, after uh, getting elevated off the list is huge um, mm-hmm. because uh, McPhee's still on it and we'll need him to be McPhee Jr., right? And uh, 
and do his best to kind of he, everyone on this team, given the, the constraints we have, need to bring their A game. We've seen Ferguson have some really up games, and then we've seen him have some down games. This has to be an up game for him. Right. He's one of the best Ravens run defenders, though. After McPhee, he's mm-hmm. in and an outside linebacker, and I I would like to see him do well. Now, they're, they're going to be missing Judon, of course, and that's a huge hit to the pass rush. Everything needs to play through Ngakwe in this game. He creates space, and so as long as they keep him rested, I think they have a chance to maybe generate some pass rush in the B-gap next to him. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that may mean the linebackers really have to take advantage of this. I don't think they'll be doing a lot of stunting with the very limited defensive line they've got. But maybe Wolf, he's a good under guy, mm-hmm. could be a guy who, who, who generates some opportunity there. I think they're going to have to get most of it from the blitz. Winning comes in all shapes and sizes. Every day there's an opportunity for a win, just like scratchers from the Virginia Lottery. Every day grab-and-go, every day giftable, every day fun. It's where anticipation meets instant gratification, and they're satisfying to scratch no matter the outcome. Like the new Virginia Lottery Scratcher Colossal Cash. It's loaded with $100 to $500 prizes. Now, that's an everyday win. Drive to the nearest Virginia Lottery retail location and pick up a scratcher today. Odds of winning any prize, 1 in 3.21. Introducing the Lowe's List for Innovation. While our aisles are filled with innovative products, we've selected our favorites just for you. Like the exclusive Whirlpool washer with industry-first two-in-one removable agitator. We love this washer because you can customize any load. And with other smart features to streamline your laundry routine, this product is a must-have for families. Shop the full Lowe's list of top picks at Lowe's.com. Lowe's, home to any budget, home to any possibility. U.S. only. All right, let's move on. Cornerback. Uh, so I'm expecting, anyway, four defensive linemen, four outside linebackers, and Gakwe, Ferguson, Bowser, and Rivers, and five inside linebackers so far. So we've used up 13 spots on the defense. Moving on to cornerback, the Ravens have a relative embarrassment of Richards. And this is kind of a strange thing to be saying, given how weak the Ravens were at cornerback a couple of weeks ago. It's all relative, Ken. Yeah. <laughs> well, they had Geno Stone in. As a man cornerback at the end of the at the of the New England game, they had people banged up. They had Tremaine Williams had moved to the Tremaine Williams had moved to the outside as a man to man cover guy, and Smith Humphrey was already out for the game, but Smith and and uh, Peters were both on the sideline at that point. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, Smith Peters Tremaine Williams that's a pretty good starting three cornerbacks. That's a definitely a above average NFL set there. Uh, they also have Humphrey, so they'll, they have four guys. I think we'll see some slot play out of Humphreys because what they really lack is any sort of a slot corner other than Williams. Mm-hmm. So the Steelers, if they did what they did last time, may get to third down. Hopefully the Ravens will at some point get them to third down in this game. You know, with, a, with this defensive line, you really never know. <laughs> <laughs> one one hope, Ken. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, third and medium or long, not, not third and one either. You don't, you don't right. mean in particular. I mean, you know. Yeah, I, right. Exactly. Yeah, I right. have my cake or eat it, you know. But, <laughs> but anyway, this is, a, this is a case where the, the Ravens have to figure out some way to get into some third and medium situations. And if they do, uh, I think one of the things that uh, the Steelers may try and do is put on that four wide receiver package, have uh, – Ben go from an empty formation. I don't think he'll have the same fear of the Ravens pass rush that he has in the past. And honestly, he gets rid of the ball too quickly anyway for that. And the Ravens need to really have good man up corners. Last last uh, time around, they took advantage of Terrell Bonds a little bit with a pass interference K 
call and three catches on those two drives where they scored. Uh, so anyway, I, I'm, I'm hoping that you know this set of cornerbacks, at least in that particular situation, is fairly well suited to play against play four corner die. Yeah, I think it's actually a better set than last game, and um, you know it's a big ask to have Humphrey go ahead and and play slot again, but mm-hmm. I think it's going to be the best for the team. And I was saying in our preview episode again of a whole different game, but it's, this seems still relevant that. I do expect them to lean on the four um, wide receiver sets. They That's one of their best um, advantages, even without Connor out. And uh, we've seen them use it all year long, not just against the Ravens. So look forward to seeing if the Ravens are able to stop it this time around. All right. I, I expect, just to, to take the other side of this coin here, the Steelers to try and lean on the Ravens like they have never leaned on anybody. It's just, it's too easy with this defensive line. And I think the the Steelers are making, frankly, a huge mistake not to try and do that, not to try and win the snap count battle very significantly. They can make some, they can get some long plays, but three play touchdown drives for the Steelers. It's not like they're bad or anything, but they're not maximizing what they can do in terms of damage to the Ravens defensive line by keeping them out there for 10 plays or uh, play count. Is what I always sure yeah Yeah. good point yeah good point yeah all right so safety uh, the Ravens have I think six guys to choose from Stone Richards Elliott Clark Levine and Nigel Warrior and Nigel Warrior cannot seem to catch a break this year now nobody wants to catch a break from COVID (laughs) no one wants to really do that no one wants to catch anything from COVID but uh, Geno Stone I expect will play since he's been active. Uh, once before, and he's played a few defensive snaps now. Richards will be there for special teams. Elliott and Clark, obviously the starters. This is a game, by the way, do you tell Elliott to play using a different style than he has the rest of the season? And do you do you give your cornerbacks any specific instructions about not getting caught up in the tackle? Hmm. I, I, I don't think I do, personally. Um, I understand why you're asking the question, but I think, for me, I... I think that this team will be best off if they try to play their game as best as they can, particularly from a secondary perspective, because it is the one group that is most intact. Not, yeah, intact. Um, and I personally just, I just love the way that Elliot plays. I've been excited with his aggressiveness, and um, yeah, I, I, I would just, I would let it be. And um, I know we're all a little scorned from having just saw how Tennessee took advantage, but um, I think, I think that we just let them play their game. Right. Well, it was. Tennessee certainly did take advantage exactly of the Ravens, uh, you know, being worn down on that defensive line. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it didn't have anything to do with Henry getting stronger as the game goes on. Give me a frickin' break. <laughs> it doesn't have anything to do with that. It had all to, everything to do with Ellis and Wolf and all those guys just being tired. Ellis played far too many snaps oh, yeah, for ungodly. who he is. 80, 85% yeah. of snaps, something crazy. Yeah, yeah it, 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 I think it might have been the most he played in his career, though he played with Oakland, who, who's done a lot of stupid crap with their offensive <laughs> defensive <laughs> sure. linemen before. Anyway, I, I, it's one of these things. I, I hate the misattribution of that. I don't think we mentioned Levine. Levine is there. Uh, Nigel Warrior, we mentioned not catching a break. I, I, I don't think he's going to be active for this game, but it's still not out of the question that they would take him over... I'm not sure who. Uh, Devontae Harris comes to mind as a guy who maybe isn't 100% certain to be active. Yeah. He's among the five cornerbacks. 
you know, they, they th- I think they have three cornerbacks who I think don't make any sense to bring up. And it Brooks, Desir, and um, I can't even read my own handwriting here. Ex-Colt yeah. Harrison. The ex-Colt uh, Nate, yeah. Nate Harrison. Um, those three guys I don't believe will be, will be up for the game. Uh, all of them are outside corners, really more or less. And, and it's, it does not make sense to me that, that they'd, be, uh, they'd be up to play. Desir has some actual success with the Jets in the past, but uh, the Ravens are pretty flush at outside corners. I just don't see that as being a place where they activate an extra, an extra body. Yeah, not, not the moment. I think you're right. All right. So maybe Nigel Warrior gets to play, maybe he doesn't. And uh, in any case, that defensive score sheet is going to look a lot different than it has before with names like Crawford and Rivers and possibly Welch seeing time and Harris and uh, Warrior potentially. I mean, and, and Stone maybe getting some defensive snaps. It's going to look a lot different than it has in the past. Yeah, we're talking about it from a um, an offensive perspective. I wouldn't be surprised if they maybe get it from the, uh, or uh, talking from a defense perspective, I wouldn't be surprised if they get it from the offense. And if Ingram plays, you don't see Warrior, but maybe if they do deactivate him for some reason, that is a spot that maybe allows for Warrior to be pulled up. Yeah, that, that, that's possible. I have them for only 21 offensive players as it is. So they have 24, and it's it's certainly possible they could go with six safeties among those 24. It's not, it's not out of the question. It certainly is plays to the special teams need of the team and mm-hmm. um, and that. Of course, Nick Moore, they finally made good on the most of the year protection of Nick Moore. Mm-hmm. And he, he'll be uh, the long snapper, Cook and Tucker, fortunately both in good shape. Um, one thing, I want to talk a little bit about the defense in terms of scheme because I report on the packages every week. But one of the things that I don't think the Steelers will allow is for the Ravens to get out of the base package. I think they're a 12 personnel team for as many snaps as they possibly can be in this game, just because if you don't do that, you're letting the, you're letting the Ravens get away with two defensive linemen. And it's just, that's being too kind, frankly, to the yes. Ravens for this game. Yeah. yeah I agree to 100%. Like you said, they're going to lean on getting that defensive line tired. Um, they're already not the a squad. They're not the best players right. and they're not used to playing that many snaps. And, we and it's not like we have anyone that we could cycle them with, you know. Maybe if you had a density of B players, you could get away with um, that better. But they don't have that, so yeah, I agree with you, Ken. I think they're going to force us to use all three most of the game and not go to a two set, and that then, in my opinion, makes the uh, linebackers really um, have a lot of the focus. Yeah, it really does. I mean, they have to, they're going to have to do a lot of run blitzing in this game to try and figure out how to beat a six-man offensive line from the Steelers, which I expect we'll see, and also just 12 personnel when the Steelers toss that out there. They're going to have to find ways to get in the backfield off the edge and take away some of these easy, gashy runs, which I expect to develop in this game. Uh, longer they can, the Ravens can maintain this game on a relatively disciplined snap count, where they're not overworking every player. And I think, you know, this is a game where you got to really give everybody pretty equivalent snaps. I want to see Crawford playing on the nose some. I want to see Braddock Washington playing on the nose some. So Ellis doesn't have another 55-snap game this week. Yep. Yep. All right. What what are your – what can come out of this that would be good from your perspective? Yeah. Well, I think we talked about it, right? Um 
if we start just with the defense, because we've been talking about them, I think if we see discipline out of Queen and a really breakout game for him, you know, kind of reemerge as a, a top talent and uh, and play his assignments well, that'd be huge, um, particularly given the adversity, and we'll need that kind of play. I think um, I look to Ferguson. I look to Ferguson to see if he can step up in a big way, maybe generate even a pass rush. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to get greedy, but you know, maybe if Sack Daddy can uh, reclaim his college name, that'd be amazing. And then uh, from an offensive perspective, I'm just so excited to maybe see a little bit more snaps for these wide receivers we've been talking about. I think the last time I was on the show with the Washington game, we were looking to see more Duvernay, uh, maybe even more Prochet, Boykin. I, and I, I, I can't stress enough that Prochet rep. It was only one rep, but it was a beautiful rep. And you know, if they just have a couple of those this game with him, uh, maybe have Duvernay uh, do jet sweeps, uh, Marquise. This this could be a surprise uh, for Ravens fans. Honestly, I've I've been all over the place with this game. It looked much darker uh, just 24 hours ago than it does now, just from a personnel perspective. And as I'm starting to see more of these people come back, like we might actually have a fighting chance. I was originally saying, you know, just kneel the ball, get out of there, do not get hurt. Um, but I, I, I'm, I'm willing to play the game now, right? Like I'm willing to engage and see what we can do because there's more people coming back such that it's like, okay, we might have a shot. If everything goes right, we could have a shot. So let's give it our all. Okay, Ravens looking to, looking to be 10-point dogs right now. I'm just checking on odds checker, and it looks like that's the consensus line here. Um, when I when I look at this game, uh, you know, they were nine-point dogs, nine, nine-and-a-half, whatever it was, at Denver for the Mile High Miracle game, and then the next week at New England. And, you know, if, if you can, you know, suspend your disbelief like you're watching a good movie, you might get a good result here. And, and uh, if you want to be Mr. Negative and then be really excited, this is a chance to go from, you know, the bottom of the ocean up into the sky pretty much in terms of your uh, response to the game. Sure. I, it is fascinating to me that those games were uh, 10 point lines. I did not recall that. Um, I thought I they were both nine, by the way. Okay. Nine, even still, mm-hmm. like I felt the Ravens had a much better chance than that. And, uh, <laughs> uh, particularly in the, um, new England game. But anyways, um, it, this is a, this is a very challenging game for the Ravens. Uh, let's not make light of it. They're, they haven't practiced, you know, they haven't, uh, got all their stars. People are that they're going to be leaning on or coming back from injury. Um, you know, it's it's not great. But uh, and they're of course playing an undefeated team. <laughs> Got to add that in there. If the, if the games were flipped, right, and you had um, Dallas Cowboys, we'd probably be feeling a little bit better about all this. But that is not the case. We have the Pittsburgh Steelers, our divisional rival, and it, it's going to be a very difficult game. But like I said, I'm feeling a little bit more optimistic than I was um, just a couple days ago. All right, so uh, Josh, how are we doing? We have anything in the mailbag? Um, nothing in the mailbag that we didn't cover, except do you see a path that the Ravens could win this game? I like uh, can I can I create one? Right? I can always create one because it's That's your chance to win one. this game is is probably about twenty percent. It's not zero. It's not four percent or something like that. It's probably right around twenty percent. So if I if I if I think if they're gonna win this game, if they're gonna make it even a competitive game, I think they need to restrict the total defensive snaps for as long as possible, which is gonna be very difficult, which basically means they need to find ways to run blitz effectively and get the Steelers into some third and medium and long situations. And then on offense, 
They need to lean on what they do well, which is really run the ball. And I think they're going to they're gonna do it with some very heavy personnel and see if that'll work. And when it doesn't, they'll need to, need to do what RG3 can do in terms of, of throwing the ball. Yeah, I think the path is if you see a, a really nasty Ravens defense, right? Like you see Marcus Peters really engaging and um, breaking up some passes. Uh, you know, generating turnovers is huge. I think the defense, particularly the secondary, is still capable of pulling that off. And that's going to be the key. I think it's critical. Uh, we just got, I just got text notification, Ken. Uh, Brandon Williams out with ankle injury. Fluker mm-hmm. questionable with back spasms. So that's, that's worth considering. Yeah. Questionable with back spasms. We might be seeing Tyre, uh, you know, come in and playing a tackle now for sure. Uh, we'll see how he's able to uh, perform. Yeah, the, right. and the, the Ravens would and the lose a roster spot if that happened because they don't have oh, anybody yeah. else who can take the eighth lineman. That's true. I guess I guess he has to be active and not really right. Like, yeah, he'll be he'll be <laughs> in uniform and right. then yeah. he may be on a bike the whole day or just sitting on the bench or whatever can make him comfortable. And then coaches, the offensive line coach and running back coach are the ones that will not be making the trip. Okay, I hope they have a good backups at the offensive line coach. Uh, spot because that's a place where they're going to certainly yeah. want to focus their attention. <laughs> By the way, I just looked it up, Alec. Uh, Denver minus nine in the divisional game, and you are correct, New England minus seven and a half in the AFC Championship in 2012. Okay. Okay. I mean, still, I, I don't know. I, I felt pretty good after uh, the Denver game. I felt like it was in the bag. So <laughs> 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 I, I was excited. Um, and, uh, anyways, yeah, yeah, Ken, I think this is interesting. Um, I never, as a Ravens fan, has probably experienced a game that has gone through more emotions leading up to it. And um, in a way, I'm excited to just see it happen. I just hope no one gets hurt. I hope all of our COVID cases are clear up and everyone's healthy afterwards and we don't have any issues there. Uh, That'd be absolutely tragic. And um, hopefully we can come out of the game, win or lose, most likely lose, right, with some silver linings. Um, that would be the most beautiful um, thing. I mean, if we get absolutely decimated uh, 2007 style, that would be quite sad. Um, but I don't mm-hmm. think it's going to be that bad this time. Okay, so I think we're in agreement there. We want a healthy team first and foremost, and that's certainly what I think what the players want. We want no injuries coming out of the game. We will certainly want to have the COVID finally evaded, abated, I should say. Um, and then silver linings would be, to me, the icing on the cake. But I would love to see some of it, especially some of these young players really getting their opportunity. It'd be a kind of a shame if it didn't work out. One more note on this game, and this is a real oddball note. The 2012 season opener. So the Giants won the Super Bowl in 2000, after the 2011 season, beating Tom Brady that year. But in 2012... They opened the season on a Wednesday night. I I forget exactly the circumstances why it occurred, whether it was Jewish holiday or whether it was an Obama speech, but there was a reason why they needed to move that game up and play it on a Wednesday. Other than that game, the last game played in the NFL on a Wednesday was in 1948. Oh, gosh. Where on consecutive weeks... They had two Wednesday games on each of consecutive weeks. I expect those were both um, Jewish holiday related because at the time of the year they were in late September mm-hmm. and they played consecutive uh, games like that. But this is a, a true rarity that to play a Wednesday game and to be playing a day game in the middle of the week is 
beyond rare. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, and well, in three or four weeks, we'll be talking about how rare it is to play on a Sunday. <laughs> I <laughs> hope not. The Ravens have a Tuesday game and a Monday game after this with a few short weeks. That's true. So it's, it's, it is Wednesday, Tuesday, Monday, the next three weeks for the Ravens, right? Yeah, it's all six days between games. There you go. And you alluded to it too, Ken. As as content producers for this team, it's absolutely miserable in our schedules. It's like, yes. oh my gosh, like how do we adapt for all this? Yeah, night night games suck, folks. I just want <laughs> you to know that that it uh, they really are awful. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, that's a that's a great time to close and point out the rest of the week's schedule. So tomorrow afternoon, we all get to enjoy this game, take tomorrow night off, and then we will be back on Thursday and Friday evening, recording the offense and the defense. Um, so then that'll leave by the numbers. will probably be out on Monday morning, if I'm doing this correctly. Or no, Monday morning will be Know Your Foe. If you get ready for the Cowboys, by the numbers, you'll have Tuesday morning as you're waiting for the Cowboys game. I believe that's how it should that lay out. That is how it should lay out. Voss Nicolau for the offense this week, Gabe Ferguson for the defense. And Ian Wharton, a really good guest for the Cowboys Know Your Foe. So we're really looking forward to, to all three of those. And, of course, Dan Reese for the, uh, for the By the Numbers. All right. And, Alec, what's going on over at Ravens Recap? <laughs> Great question. Uh, I think our anticipation is to record Thursday after this game. And um, our, our, re, our preview of the Cowboys game, we may or may not have our guest. Um, obviously, we've had to move him many times now. And uh, it's looking like it, we might lose him. So, um but yeah, I mean, we'll uh, we'll do our best, obviously, with this uh, interesting week. And uh, you can find us, Ravens underscore recap on Twitter and RavensRecap.com for the podcast. All right. So 3.40 tomorrow. I feel like I got to set three alarm clocks <laughs> on my phone to make sure I, I remember to watch this game because it's such a weird time. But all right, guys, enjoy the afternoon and we'll talk soon. <laughs> Winning comes in all shapes and sizes. Every day there's an opportunity for a win, just like scratchers from the Virginia Lottery. Every day grab-and-go, every day giftable, every day fun. It's where anticipation meets instant gratification. And they're satisfying to scratch, no matter the outcome. Like the new Virginia Lottery Scratcher Colossal Cash. It's loaded with $100 to $500 prizes. Now, that's an everyday win. Drive to the nearest Virginia Lottery retail location and pick up a scratcher today. Odds of winning any prize, 1 in 3.21. At Lowe's, we're your go-to for great gardening values every day. That's why we've lowered our price on select bagged mulch. Now starting at just $2.88 a bag. Mulch helps prevent weeds and retains moisture. And when you put it down around trees, shrubs, and flower beds, you'll see how beautiful it makes your outdoor space. Just in time to welcome back family and friends. Shop online and pick up in store. Lowe's, home to the best part of summer. Selection and product availability vary by location. While supplies last, U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off 
my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.